0: Well, should we do a podcast? Sounds I'm going to ask good. all my dumb questions. This episode is sponsored by hire.com. Hire.com is offering a new freelancing and contracting offering. They have multiple companies that will provide you with contract opportunities. They cover all the tracking, reporting and billing for you. They handle all the collections and prefund your paycheck. They offer legal and accounting and tax support and they'll give you $2,000 when you've been on a contract for 90 days. But with this link, they'll double it to $4,000 instead. Go sign up at Hire.com slash show. This episode is sponsored by Nerd.us. Do you wish that somebody else would handle all of those operation details when it comes to hosting your client's web applications? Nerd.us is a Ruby on Rails managed hosting designed to make your life easy. They migrate everything for you, And new signups or referrals come with a $100 discount or a referral fee. To sign up, go to freelancershow.com slash nerd. That's freelancershow.com slash N-I-R-D. And enter freelancer into the contact form for a discount. If you're someone who runs your own service-based business, then spending less time on pesky admin tasks means having more time to focus on your client's work, which is why you need to give FreshBooks a try. FreshBooks is the invoicing solution that makes it incredibly simple to create and send invoices, track your time, and manage your expenses. It allows you to quickly see and track the status of your invoices, expenses, and projects, and allows you to keep track of your expense receipts in FreshBooks. For your free 30-day trial, go to freshbooks.com freelancers and enter The Freelancer Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section when signing up. This week's episode of The Freelancer Show is brought to you by Earth Class Mail. Earth Class Mail moves your stay mail into the cloud giving you instant access 24-7 and integrates with the tools and services you use every day. It's crazy that we've moved everything we do for the business over to the digital world, but still need to pick up, sort, and manage physical mail. With glass Mail, you can get all of your mail scanned and accessible online 24-7. You can search your mail, send invoices over to your accounting software, sync important documents into cloud storage, deposit checks, and really just make running your business a whole lot easier. You also get real professional address to share publicly with customers, business partners, and investors. And you'll never need to worry about someone showing up at your door if you run your business from home. Visit freelancershow.com slash mail and you'll get your first month of service free when you sign up. That's freelancershow.com slash mail. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 181 of the Freelancer Show. This week on our panel we have Philip Morgan. Hey hey. Jonathan Stark. Hello. Reuven Lerner. Hi everyone. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. I guess this is the right time to announce that I'm going to be putting on a freelancing remote conference. So uh, go check that out at freelanceremoteconf.com. I'm going to invite all the folks on this call to come speak and we'll see how that goes. Uh, We also have a special guest this week and I already forgot how to say her name. (laughs)
1: It's (laughs) Moitza.
0: Moitza. That's right. (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, so thank you for having me. First of all, I'm Mojca. Uh, I'm from Slovenia actually. Uh, and I'm a social media consultant.
0: Awesome. Freelancer show Slovenian edition.
1: Yeah, I think I'm probably the first Slovenian you have.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so, so. That's a safe bet. Strangely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're a social media consultant. We brought you on to talk about Facebook.
1: Mm -hmm. So I actually run a small consulting firm called Super Spicy Media and uh, I started out, we said I should mention that I got fired from my job and that's not a joke. So that actually happened (laughs) Uh, and I got fired from an advertising agency I was working at and um, I just had to build my business up, you know, from there on um, and here I am today speaking to you.
0: (laughs) Very cool. So you got fired because that whole social media thing's a dud?
1: Yep, they said that Facebook, well, not just Facebook, Facebook, Twitter, and everything is going to hell, and uh, <laughs> to be honest, they had clients knocking on their door saying, I want a social media manager, I want to do social media, but they were, weren't buying it, they were telling no, 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 social media is not going to last, Facebook will be done in a few years' time, a few months' time, actually, so <laughs> uh, I was actually really pushing to do social media, but they weren't for it, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Just a fad.
1: Yep. Yep. We can see that now, you know, just Facebook is tomorrow gone puff.
0: (laughs) That's right. So as freelancers, why do we care about Facebook?
1: Because your audience is there. Um, and you can reach your audience with Facebook if you do the right things. Um, so I'm actually a freelancer if you know, so to speak, and I've done great things with Facebook and I don't know why not many freelancers are doing it so i think brennan is actually a great example of what can be done with facebook so he has this facebook page which is you know is not looking great to be honest but he's (laughs) i'm just going to be honest here you know uh brennan fix your
0: ugly page
1: brennan fix your facebook page and you know who to call if you need help (laughs) Um, but yeah, he's done great things with Facebook ads actually, but yeah, he should work on his Facebook page presence if you ask me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we should just turn this into the, what Brennan should do to make things better, the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Everything. (laughs) I mean, I definitely have some,
0: some questions here too. I mean, I'm doing these online conferences and I've been looking at Facebook as a way to promote them. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I've, I've got a few saved up. I was like, Ooh, we got a Facebook person on here. (laughs) Because <laughs> I get on Facebook when one of my clients pays me to write code against Facebook, so.
1: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I just like that Brennan has got share status now. We don't even need to use his last name.
1: That's
0: right. <laughs> he's doing something right. The Brennan, right? Madonna.
1: <laughs> but so, he has he has his last name on, on Facebook page, so he's still Brennan Dunn. So
0: I'm aware that Brennan and several other folks, including us, actually, uh, have a community page on Facebook. Is mm-hmm. is that kind of the place you want to go for first or do you want to buy advertising or do you want like oh. a page for people to like or?
1: You shouldn't go into advertising without having a Facebook page because mm-hmm. you have more options to choose from if you have a Facebook page first than do advertising. Uh, So that's the first point I want to make. But yeah, first, I think the most important part is building a community and having a great Facebook page presence because if you run some advertising on Facebook and then people come to your page through that ads and see that your Facebook page is just shitty, I mean, bye-bye authority, you know. (laughs) See you later. Um, So I think you should first have a great Facebook page. And that doesn't mean having thousands of likes but just posting great content on facebook page and then doing advertising
0: so how would anyone approach that so you look at the page and you have like a nice image on it Mm -hmm. and then you post stuff to it regularly is what i'm hearing from you how regularly should you post
1: i think at least five times a week
0: wow oh my
1: god i'm gonna have to
0: get way more creative
3: (laughs) you're you're putting the social and social media
2: wow (laughs)
1: I was thinking that you're going to say, oh, five times a week. No problem. (laughs) I mean, it's not a problem if you look at it from another perspective. So let's say you post one long blog post per 14 days, right? So you can create so much content from that one blog post and then share it on Facebook, like just knowledgeable bits on your Facebook page. Bam, you have a content. I mean, it's not like you're sitting down behind a computer, don't know what to write about, but you have a content from your blog post maybe. So just you know, sharing that value on your Facebook page. So
2: you're talking about a link to a blog post or the actual mm. content?
1: The actual content. Links are just one thing, but I think that Facebook page should act uh, like a separate channel, not just for you to post links to your blog post, but just to share value, not linking to your blog post. So When people come to your Facebook page, they get the value from the Facebook page and they don't need to click on the link to get to your blog.
2: Yeah, that makes sense to me, especially given how many people are on mobile and the bopping out and bopping back. It's not always a great experience.
1: Yeah, because if if you have like another link that you want people to send to, that's always one click away. So you want to post some value on your Facebook page without forcing people to click on the link and to see that value on your web page.
3: Okay. So let's say now I've set up – thanks to you and your book. I've set up and making the mistake of not having Facebook pages. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. There's a book?
3: Oh, there's a book. She wrote a a book. It's great. We'll we'll talk about it some other
0: time. Okay. I'll tell you when you're older. I get it. (laughs) (laughs)
3: So, like, I made the mistake a number of months ago of trying to get advertising to a few sites that I do. So I went into Facebook ads. Then I realized, you know, thanks to your book and even some conversation we had, that I need to set up a page. Fine. but uh, And and posting that page on a regular basis, I can see as, okay, that's going to bring some value. But who is going to see that page if I'm not paying for advertising? How are people going to see it? Is it based on that demographic that I tell Facebook about? When I first set up the page, are they really going to show it to people?
1: Well, actually not. But (laughs) what you can do is what really made the change for me was I linked to my Facebook page several times, first of all, on my web page. And I got many likes from my web page because people wanted to see more, more of what I have to offer because I, I post some content on my Facebook page that I don't post anywhere else. So that was kind of my call to action. I said, here's my Facebook page. I post, I don't know, maybe some quotes or personal stories or whatever on my Facebook page that you're not going to see elsewhere. So you should like my Facebook page, blah, 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 blah. And that was, was, I think, a really great value to give to my fans. So then, you know... It just started to grow because people were sharing my content and referring to other people uh, to my Facebook page and suddenly other Facebook pages could tag my Facebook page in their mentions so that was another way to grow my audience even more uh, because pages can rare uh, Facebook has this nasty bug so you can't tag sometimes you can tag people in your Facebook uh, in your post that you post with Facebook page but sometimes the majority of times you can't tag people, but you can tag pages. So right now when, I don't know, a podcast has a Facebook page, they can tag my own personal Facebook page, not profile, but page, and just kind of expand my audience a little bit more.
3: Okay, so (laughs) fine. fine. No, all that makes sense. Although the notion of having yet another place where I have to put original content is a little daunting. But Let's assume that I do it. Let's absolutely put, you know, some content there. I put some, you know, get some links and so forth and likes. When I then post new content to my Facebook page, who is going to see it? Is it people who have liked it? Are they going to then get a notice in their wall? Like, how, how does that work? How do people know then that there's going to be new content?
1: People are going to see that in their newsfeed. So in the in their timeline, the Facebook their Facebook timeline, first of all, more people are going to see it in the beginning because Facebook algorithm then won't serve it. For example, if you have, I don't know, 1,000 Facebook likes, there aren't going to be a 1,000 people that are going to see that Facebook post. Uh, so Facebook algorithm is only going to show it to a section or a portion of that audience, and then based on that um, engagement that you're going to get from that post. So if your post is going to be interesting to people, if people are going to get engaged with it, Facebook is going to show it to more of your fans, but if not, Wah, wah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that that's it. So the more interesting content you have, the more people engage with the content, uh, the higher chance of reaching a wider audience you have. And yeah, yeah that's about it.
2: <laughs> to follow on to Ruben's sort of inherent fear of like, geez, now this is another place I have to post content. And I, I share that. And it's not a fear, but it's like, geez, do I really have enough time in a day to do that too? But it's not just that. It's also a new inbox. Because if you're I think if you're doing social right, you're actually interacting with people who are commenting and sharing and you're thanking people. And, you Mm -hmm. know, it's not, it's like another email inbox. So it's, I mean, obviously you think it's worth it. And is there something you can say to kind of quell that fear that people might be having about like, geez, I don't think I have time to do Facebook right?
1: Well, the fear of having another inbox, I think it's kind of unnecessary because isn't that like a sweet worry you have, because when I have a full inbox, I know that I've got a lot of work to do because I have to reply to all those messages and everything, but you know, that's my audience, that's my audience who wants to engage with me, the audience that that is going to be prepared to buy something for me in the future if I, I don't know, give them an advice or help them with anything, so I'm actually pretty happy (laughs) when that happens. Uh, And the second thing about, you know, just having another channel to post on, I think it's not that big of a deal if you look at it from the perspective of, of that I described earlier. So it's like maybe an extension of your blogs. So you can take the content from your blogs, just maybe shorten shorten it a little bit. You know, don't just post the whole blog post on there, but just maybe one, I don't know, a few lines. Create an image with, I don't know, Canva is a great tool for, uh, for creating images for social media and just, you know, post that on Facebook page. If you have the time, yes, go create totally new content that you don't share anywhere else. But if you don't have the time, nothing's wrong with just sharing maybe some bits of knowledge from your blog posts, maybe.
0: So the other thing that I'm seeing here is that it feels a little bit like growing your, I guess, your community around a page similar to the way that you're encouraged to grow your mailing list. Mm -hmm. Do you think about it the same way? Or should you be growing your mailing list first because that's more lucrative or more, I don't know, the engagement is different?
1: I think, you know, growing your email list is important. You know, there's there's no doubt about that. And Facebook likes, I mean, you don't get emails with Facebook likes. So you're kind of strapped to Facebook, you know. But I do think that liking a page is easier than having people to subscribe to your email list. So liking a page could be the first step that you make towards getting new subscribers later on if you post great content on your Facebook page. So I think email lists and Facebook page likes are two totally different things but uh, that should be taken differently. But I think, like I said, getting people to like your Facebook page is going to be easier for you than getting them subscribed to your email list. So I think that could use as the first step in an engagement that you have with your audience. So just getting that Facebook page like Communicating with them, and then later kind of showing them the path, um, you know, to your email list um, and getting them subscribed.
4: This is going to sound like such a dumb question. (laughs) I feel (laughs) like such a social media dummy. From like the user's perspective, do people go to Facebook for anything in particular? I mean, what what's kind of their intent when they're there? Is that different than Twitter? How do you see that?
1: When people go on. Facebook just in general when they visit Facebook.com? or
4: Yeah, like why, why are they there? And does that affect how someone would use Facebook or Facebook advertising?
1: Sure. Uh, when, fe- when people go to Facebook, they usually go there to interact with the friends they have. So that's usually family or, I don't know, maybe uh, coworkers or anything like that. I always emphasize that people don't go to Facebook to watch ads. So you shouldn't be too promotional instead If you want to achieve great results, such as, I don't know, conversions or uh, grow an audience, you have to blend in with the updates people are seeing on Facebook. So that's blending in with updates from their friends, not sharing promotional content, but just acting like a human being. So personalizing and humanizing your brand so it blends in with the audience and with the updates they are seeing in their newsfeed. So I think that plays a major role when it comes to being effective with Facebook advertising because people think that, you know, other users go to Facebook to watch ads, so they act like it, but they don't, you know, they go to Fa- When I visit Facebook, I want to see, I don't know, updates from my sisters, maybe my mom, my mom's on Facebook. And I'm happy when I see that. And if I see an ad that kind of blends in with that and maybe offers me some value or anything, sure, no problem. But if I see an ad that goes sale, 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 blah, 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 no, you know, um, you're out of there. (laughs) So I think that's a major point people don't really understand when it comes to Facebook advertising. And I think there should be more talked about that.
4: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, One of the other things I'm trying to wrap my head around is it seems like you, there's kind of a mindset difference where the people who are using Facebook the way you describe works well, kind of think of their, do they think of their life as an open book? Are they sharing personal stuff intermixed with, you know, little value bombs in terms of content? How do they handle themselves on Facebook?
1: so I personally what I what I found out it works best is like you said mixing that value with personal content because let's face it you know Facebook is personal uh so actually to be honest the best engagement I get is from sharing personal posts so that may be I don't know this is going to sound cliche but selfies are a major thing you know they they play a big role in my Facebook marketing if you say so uh and um I don't know, just sharing personal stories with big quotes, um, describing my struggles or anything like that. That's the best tactic that I've used this year. Uh, and I see that happening over and over again. I see, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk doing that, just sharing some personal things about himself through Facebook. And I think that plays a major role and, um, I mean, we're talking about freelancers here. Uh, So freelancers are usually the face of the business. So the more personal they get on Facebook, the better it is. Not just sharing blog posts. I mean, sharing blog posts is important. Sharing value is important. But I think the personal things should be mixed in with that content.
4: Interesting. So So, let's say that I've never done that. I'm terrified of it. Let's imagine. Normally, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so what should be my first personal thing? Like, where should I start?
1: I think a good way to start is maybe sharing your personal story, how you came to the point where you're at now. I did that several times. I share little tiny bits uh, over and over again. And that kind of, I mean, you get down on another level and, you know, you're not like high above and people don't... You're, you are an authority, but you're a human being and you're communicating that. And I think that plays a vital role in Facebook marketing uh, and just you know, in, in sharing the content that you have to provide. So I think sharing how you came to the point that you're at now is just a great step in the right direction.
2: I've cool. got a Thank quick you. thing to point out about that that's been my experience even before Facebook is that if you act like yourself all the time, even with customers, even if you don't think it's professional or whatever that means. You know, like a classic example is like, do I swear in blog posts or don't I? That's a sort of a big example. But, you know, there's a million things. Do you, how much do you let your personality and your, your actual person come out? And my experience is that what ends up happening if you do that is that you end up, customer, you end up attracting customers who you totally get along with because they just groove on your personality. They can tell they're going to like you. And for me, it was mostly speaking gigs. So I'd get up in front of a room of a couple hundred people and I'd just totally be myself. I wouldn't try and be special speaker version of me. And it feels like whenever I've been in situations where I can think of one in particular where I was subcontracting for an agency and they were much more buttoned down than I was. And it didn't work like the clients that they pulled in were horrible. I couldn't stand them. So if people are listening and they're thinking, oh, you know, especially if they're a solo uh, freelancer or solo consultant, and they're thinking, oh, geez, I need to act bigger than I am or, you know, pretend like I'm a big agency or something and, you know, act professional. I don't think it's a good idea because you'll end up with customers who are expecting you to be that way all the
0: time and you're not really like that. So to make it personal, would baby pictures be a
1: good thing to post? Well, if your personality if your kind of um personal brand is baby pictures then sure go for it. <laughs> or, I don't see a problem in that. Or if you recently had a
0: baby or your if your yeah. wife recently had a baby.
1: Sure. Why <laughs> not?
0: <laughs> Just throwing it out there, you know, in case some somebody's <laughs> in that position. You're saying to post 4 or 5 times a week. Let's say that I actually do get things together to post 4 or 5 times a week. How do I work in the hey, by the way, I have this thing that I think will help you that you can buy from me?
1: Well, first of all, I would try to um, build up on that a little bit. How I did it with my book um, is I have been... Posting pictures of my desk, which was a mess. Uh, and I was just telling them, you know, here's my creative mess. I'm writing a book. You know, here's what happens. Blah, blah, blah. So people were kind of, uh, people knew that I'm doing, on, uh, I'm working on something. I'm doing something. And that was kind of the first step. So I was actually building up on that and just sharing uh, tiny bits uh, from my book. Maybe I, I think I shared a screenshot once. Uh, And I was just communicating with people, uh, posting my pre-sales page up. um, And then when the book was available, I announced it and I got purchases from it. Um, So I think it's not like you should create value, but you shouldn't like just then one day appear and say, hey, here's what I'm offering. Here's the link. Go to it. You know, you should build up on that and be honest um, because people will notice if you share value just for the sake of sharing value and then just posting something out there. Here's, you need to buy this right now. Uh, I think you should be totally honest and communicate with people like you would communicate with your friends and maybe announcing your product in a friendly way, uh, maybe telling a personal story behind it like, I was working on a book for X Y Z hours or X Y Z days, months, whatever. Here it is. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, so I would just say communicate with your with your audience like you would communicate with your friends. I think that's that's the biggest takeaway I took uh, when I was promoting my my book, for example.
0: That's awesome. I like that.
1: Yeah, I think you know people take Facebook marketing as this big monster, and they are not kind of aware that it's just A bunch of people on Facebook you know they're not judging every step you take I mean you have to be friendly you have to blend in with that you know and not take it like as that big uh, intimidating monster that you're not going to tackle in your lifetime so you would say
2: the the first step is to set up a page and is that page uh, would you in your case was that page like for your business or was it for your blog or is that the same thing so if, you know, for example, I'll just give you an idea where I'm coming from. So I've dabbled in some Facebook stuff and in considering how little effort I put into it, I've been impressed with the level of engagement. So I, I really believe that putting some level of effort into it would be very beneficial. So in my case, it was for a, a labor of love podcast that I do with a co-host and we didn't want to have like a big site for it. We basically just have a, almost like a landing page for the podcast and we push everyone to this Facebook page for it. And we don't really have a call to action. We don't have a there's no conversion, really. We're just sort of interested in getting more people listening to the podcast. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, should I have I set up a specific page that's like the the title of the podcast. Mm -hmm. But should I have done like do people do pages for themselves? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: I think uh, it depends on what goal you have with your Facebook page. So if you want to just promote your podcast, then sure, your approach is totally fine. uh, And I mean, I support it 100%. But what people are doing, and especially like solo consultants, like, again, Brandon Dunn, uh, is just creating a page for themselves, you know, for their personal brand. So Brandon Dunn isn't Double your freelancing rate or whatever, he's brand undone on Facebook. Uh, I personally regret a little bit not setting up Moitza, Mars, or anything on Facebook, so I have Super Spice Media. But, you know, I don't have my logo as a profile picture, I have my face. So that's actually an extension of my personal brand, and I take all of that communication as well. And uh, yeah, I think um, if you are a solo consultant, if you're a freelancer, sure, make a personal branding Facebook page may that be the name of your business like Super Spice Media in my case or your name like Brandon Dunn or Gary Vaynerchuk is another example but if you have a goal for just promoting your podcast that you uh, co-host with another person then setting up a Facebook page separately for that podcast is a way to go so again it all depends on the number one goal you have with your Facebook page
2: and then uh, cool so once you have the page if that's the first step and you decide to set it up one way or the other then i've noticed that there are these i've experimented with these you know facebook gives you these promote this post buttons and they totally work so mm-hmm. like if well at least i mean the analytics that facebook gives you back indicates that they're doing something but it's difficult for me to to have some kind of sense of the ultimate outcome if this was some kind of business or let's say we sold t-shirts for the podcast or something you know on the one hand it's like okay we're we're getting more engagement that we did before we had the facebook page it's night and day in fact um now we can have because with a podcast it's difficult to have a conversation with the audience so that's where it happens for us it happens on the facebook page but you know what's the goal like what you know i promote the post great i got more likes but what is that it works it gets you more likes as it promises. But like what is that gain in the long run? So if if the podcast was more business oriented, I've got this audience of people. I guess what I'm asking is what's the next step after that? Is it driving people to sign up for my email list or something? Or Yeah, is is it part of a funnel or is it? Right, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it should act as a part of the funnel. So like I mentioned before, in my case, it's like the first step for users or my fans to get to know me a little bit more. And then after sharing some value, maybe pointing them out to uh, my blog post where there's a subscription box and then just getting them sign up as a subscriber, you know, that's fine. And it's all part of the funnel. But yeah, I get that the ROI, the long-term ROI is very, very hard to measure with social media when it comes to social media because Everyone's saying that social media is a marathon, not a sprint. So if you want to just measure the whole ROI, you're going to have a tough job. You can measure the ROI of your advertising, sure, but, you know, the long-term ROI of your, you know, content of your Facebook page and Twitter or whatever, that's hard to measure. You know, I totally understand that, but I think it should be the part of the funnel. It's usually, social media is usually neglected just because the ROI can't be measured precisely, but I think it shouldn't be neglected. Like I mentioned, because it is a part of the funnel. It's, you know that first tab, because liking a Facebook page is easy, getting them to right. uh subscribe to your email list is a bit harder, but if you right. make that first tap and then kind of engage with them on the longer run, I mean you know why not
2: that's how it seems to me is that it's the step it's like if you think about logging or your website, pretty much the easiest call to action that you can present to people is to join my mailing list it's like. You know, I will send you a bunch of awesome emails if you give me your email address so that I can talk to you. And Facebook is clearly even less friction than that. So for me, it feels like it probably goes in front of that. And yeah. but it, it gives you there's something there's it's different, though, obviously, it's two different things. But I almost feel like it's a place to, like when you send an email to your list, you you know, I always ask for you know, if you have questions, hit reply and we can chat about it. But it turns into a one-on-one conversation instantly. So I send out a broad, basically a broadcast. It's not really a broadcast, but an email goes out to a bunch of people and then a bunch of one-on-one conversations might ensue out of that over email. Where Facebook, it's more like a party, you know, and people are hanging out and everybody can see and kind of chime in. And I think, do you? Th- here's a question after all of that exposition. Do you think that there are businesses... Where it really, really doesn't make sense to have this be part of your funnel, or do you think that it's applicable to all businesses?
1: To be honest, I haven't met a business that wouldn't have the chance to use Facebook, um, you know, to their true potential. Um, I don't know. I just it, I've had lots of businesses uh, coming to me uh, asking for my advice, but I haven't met a business that I would say, no, you know, Facebook is not for you. Go away. <laughs> to be honest, you know, I just I I haven't met them.
2: I suppose if they were going to do it wrong, it'd be bad for them.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, sure.
2: (laughs) Right,
3: so let, let, let me actually then try to sort of distinguish between these things. So I think having a Facebook page seems like a really smart thing for just about every business to do, in no small part because it's free. I mean, you can post to it, people can like it, people engage with it. But then comes advertising. And would you say that all businesses can benefit from advertising on Facebook also?
1: I think some businesses can benefit more than other businesses. This is going to be my answer. I think... Uh, Ooh, she is a freelancer.
0: Vast... It depends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think the vast majority of businesses can benefit from Facebook advertising, but naturally some will benefit more than other businesses. That's my answer. It okay. depends. <laughs> Excellent.
3: Excellent. I, I give that to other people. So it's only fair to get it you know, back from you. So let, let, me, let me try to then like uh, uh, sort of hone this in a little bit. And it might just be that my ad, ads were terrible right? But I found that I was advertising a book that I wrote. um, And I found actually, I guess two books that I wrote to wildly different audiences. And I got a lot of likes. People were like, Oh, wow, what a great book, thanks to the advertising. But actual number of people who went to the site and looked into it was ridiculously small. And it gave me the sense that, well, two possibilities. One is that my ads just stink. But the other one is that people on Facebook are used to liking things, but not necessarily clicking through and seeing more things. And so it gave me a sense of, well, I guess this could work, but is the investment, like, the number of times they might have to see my page and engage with it and see content, you know, and I'll have to pay for advertising and so forth, that might just not be worth the expense at this point.
1: I think your number one problem was audience. You know, what was the audience you were uh, targeting? So when I was advertising my book... I was targeting my own audience. I was targeting my own email list. So I naturally had a higher, a high ROI. Um, and because I was, I was advertising to my audience. I was advertising to people that I already, that already know me. I had that trust established. But if you are advertising to a bunch of people that, are, that's the first time seeing you uh, and you are telling them, hey, here's the book, go buy it. I don't think you're in it for a good ride because, you know, that's, That's like the first engagement they have with you. So naturally, you know, liking posts is, I mean, easy. It's just one click away. But buying your book, you know, that's a hard thing to sell on the first take. So I think you should first establish trust with the audience that doesn't know you if you are advertising the audience that doesn't know you. But I think the Best step to take here is to advertise to your own audience that already knows you, so you, don't, you have that trust established. You don't need to build that uh, from the start, but you have that already. You just have to leverage that. I think the so, audience was your number one problem.
3: <laughs> that's fine. No, no. And, and actually, I saw that earlier today when I was looking through the, the last chapters of your book, which are actually <laughs> full of information that I wish I'd known. But one of them was that whole idea of you can say, I want Facebook to advertise to these people on my mailing list. And I couldn't decide whether this was uh, like brilliant and amazing or really creepy that these people on my mailing list are going to start getting like seeing ads from me when they're on Facebook.
1: But why would it be creepy? I mean, if you are offering them value, like, I don't know, if you are saying, here's the book I just wrote, I know you are interested in this because you subscribe to my email list. So here's the book I just wrote. If you are bringing value to them, why would they be creeped out? I personally would be happy to see something that I'm interested in in my Facebook newsfeed, instead of seeing ads I'm not interested in, I don't know, about, I don't know, toothbrushes or something like that. Uh, I would rather see a more valuable content that I am interested in, to be honest. So I think that's not creepy at all if you tackle it in the right way.
4: what are some ways that people can make that first little tiny trust-building step from you've never heard of me, but you're seeing something from me that I paid Facebook to show you. What are a few ideal ways to start building that trust?
1: I think uh, users are very shocked in a kind of positive way when they see an ad that's just pure value. So if they see maybe a longer post, or if you boost your post on your Facebook page about, I don't know, how to get more clients with Facebook ads for example. And if you have some knowledge bits in there and just advertise that without a link to your blog post, you know, people are positively shocked because they're like, this is not advertising a blog post or a product. This is just pure value. I'm going to read this. So I think that can be the first step of establishing trust because you're just offering them. So you're not selling anything. You're offering them something of value for free. So I think that's a perfect step in the right direction. Another thing, maybe the second step should be your own pers- sharing your own personal story without, again, without linking to anything. Just, I don't know, some personal content just to get people to know you personally. And then maybe slowly try selling them something services, showing them your book uh, without the hard sale pitch, but with just You know, here's what you can learn from this book. Uh, Here's why I wrote it. Maybe add some personal info in there and build up on that. But I think the first step should be just sharing pure value without linking to your service or your book or your product of anyone, of anything. So I think just establishing trust with value.
4: Interesting. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're saying do what you're already doing, hopefully, already doing. But make your first couple of payments to Facebook be for promoting, you know, no strings attached content that has value.
1: Yeah. And you're, okay. you're, you're going to benefit from that either way. People are going to visit your Facebook page if you do it the right way. People are going to like your Facebook page so they'll become your advocates in the longer run. Maybe subscribe to your newsletter uh, and just follow you around. You'll be in their heads and that's what it's, what's important.
2: Interesting. So speaking of, you mentioned the book a couple of times. How much did you involve the audience, uh, whether it was Facebook or Twitter or wherever else, in things like, um, you know, I've got these two cover designs that the designer sent back. Which one do you guys like better? Things like that. Did you involve them at all in the creative process or just sort of show them the behind? Like, here's here's what my desk looks like. You mentioned that. But did you share like a sample chapter ahead of time or did you ask, do any use it for any kind of polling to say hey would you guys be more interested in a chapter on this or a chapter on this that kind of stuff
1: I haven't done polling to be honest because I didn't I didn't have the time but I did uh, share screenshots of sample chapters I think I shared them with my email list first and my Facebook uh, audience but most of the time I just took them behind the scenes because those posts were actually the most engaging ones so I think you know people resonated with that a lot people love to see my message I don't know I don't know <laughs> but they, but they love to see that, uh, and I just, I just posted that on. Um, and I think you know, it wasn't the best strategy because I didn't have the time to build the best strategy. But it was definitely better than not sharing anything. So I took them behind the scenes. They are my VIP list, uh, and uh, I don't know. They just, they value that, um, and I, and I'm happy.
0: <laughs> so can you kind of give us a just a really quick step by step? I know we've talked through a lot of this but just a really quick step-by-step for somebody who maybe has a product or a service that they want to eventually promote on Facebook and they may have some community that they can start gathering together on Facebook.
1: So step-by-step on creating advertisings, or?
0: No, on building a community and then marketing to the community.
1: So first of all, like we've mentioned before, you have to build your Facebook page you know because that's the first step you need to take if you want to have all the features that Facebook offers with their adverti- in, in their advertising ecosystem uh, Second of all, of course, equip that Facebook page with nice imagery uh, so nice header images. So I think Brennan still doesn't have a header image and I'm go- just going to call him out on that. So <laughs> he's really lousy when it comes to that, but he still doesn't have a header image and that looks unprofessional. Uh, but you, you should have a nice header image, uh, or cover image on your Facebook page just to look like a legitimate business that has taken the time to do that. And then just kind of, first of all, you should create your strategy that should be like, philip mentioned a few moments ago a mix of everything so a mix of sharing value personal posts blah 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 blah. and then what you do is when you are posting that content you're constantly measuring things so you're you're measuring how your audience is reacting to that content are they more interested in behind the scenes content like you know my audience was or Are they engaging with the polling questions or are they engaging the most with with the value posts or blog posts or whatever? So you're constantly measuring and based on the results you're getting, you're modifying the strategy along the way. So I think, you know, it's just um, an ongoing process, but it's worth it. So when you have that Facebook page set up, when you start building a community, uh, by the way, when you first create your Facebook page, what you should do, You should organically advertise it to your audience. So you should share it with your Facebook friends first, just to get that initial fans on your Facebook page. And then maybe share it with your email list on Twitter, if you have a Twitter account, just to get that initial fan base. But then later on, when you have a Facebook page uh, strategy and when you have that initial Facebook post, Then you can start advertising to people. And just when you set off to advertise to people, you have to have your first goal, uh, your number one goal that you wish to achieve. Not just you don't want to shoot blanks. You don't want to say, oh, I'm doing Facebook ads just for the sake of doing Facebook ads. So you should have like number one goal you want to achieve is that I don't know, building an audience, building, um, getting new subscribers, whatever, and then just working from there on. But the initial, you know, should be, like you said, building an audience with great content and the first step in building an audience, if you want to get that first, um, first Facebook page fans is just sharing that Facebook page with your friends on Facebook and your Twitter followers.
4: I'd like to ask a real specific question. One of the uses of advertising or paid traffic that is particularly appealing to me is testing things. Specifically, you know, someone wants to explore positioning themselves in a new market, and maybe they build an email course that is hyper focused on that market. They want to see if that's going to get traction. Is that a good use for paid Facebook or Twitter traffic and if so what's you know what's the most direct path to trying that out?
1: I think it's worth experimenting with it. First of all, because Facebook has a very detailed targeting you could tackle. So you can really, really, uh, I think Ruben can, um, confirm that, uh, because he's read my book. So you have, you can really dive into, into all the targeting options you have with Facebook. So I think that's worth experimenting with. Uh, like I said before, you should have that number one goal you have to achieve. You don't do Facebook ads just for the sake of doing Facebook ads, but you have to be able to measure that effort you put into. So if your number one goal is subscribers, you want to measure that. If your number one goals are um, just selling your book, you have to be able to measure that. Uh, so just picking the number one goal you want to achieve. And um, then based on that goal, you pick an objective, uh, so Facebook has a couple of objectives you can choose from. So like Facebook page likes, website conversions, website clicks, et cetera, et cetera. Then just writing copy, creating visuals based on that number one goal you have to achieve, uh, you want to achieve. And then targeting. Targeting is a very delicate topic regarding Facebook ads because there's so much you can do with targeting. And if you want to use it for experimenting, I think, like I said, it's, I think it, it's worth um, doing that because you have all these options you can do with Facebook uh, targeting. And then just uh, working up on that, like setting up your ads, optimizing your budget, and launching your campaign. But I think that's worth, uh, that's worth experimenting with because of the targeting.
2: Thank you. I have some, I think, some really also annoyingly specific questions. <laughs> <laughs> So these are, these have tripped me up in the past and I, so therefore I imagine that there are a lot of people listening who stumble across the same things if they're really noobs with Facebook and Facebook pages. So first we've been talking about Brennan Dunn's page that's come up a few times. I've got my personal, call it private, you know, friends only URL, which is, you know, facebook.com slash Jonathan Stark. Is that, if I wanted to make a page, does that mean that that URL is gone Because the pages are also facebook.com slash page name. So would I have to come up with a different name? Yeah. Uh, Okay. I mean,
1: you don't need to come up with a different name. You can have the same name like Jonathan Stark, but you won't be able to pick that URL. So you'll have to have a different URL. But that does mean that the URL is going to reflect your name. So you you can have Jonathan Stark as your Facebook page name, but not the URL. The URL has to be different.
2: Okay. And then the first thing it asks you, and I remember this from the the podcast, it gives you like a a number of categories to pick. And my experience with toying with that, I had like major decision paralysis about which one to pick because none of them were right. You know, so like I went in and I was like, well, none of these are podcast and it doesn't really tell you, you know, and and it affects, it seems to affect some of the calls to action and things on the resulting page. So if you're a freelancer and you want to use your your name and face as your sort of personal brand, as you said, what should you pick? You know, like there's like uh, some there's like company and organization or public figure or entertainment or cause. There's a bunch of different things. What is the one that is going to result in the page that will be most useful to people who are solo consultants and freelancers?
1: I'm like Googling right now. I have, I think, an article written about this because I haven't done that in such a long time.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I know that a lot of people are struggling with it. The first thing I should mention is you are always able to uh, switch that. So if you, I don't know, decide for, I don't know, for example, a local company, now, you can always switch that no matter how many fans you have, no matter how long do you have that Facebook page. So there's always an availability to, to just switch it up. But the second thing, I, I don't really know the answer to your question by, it. I don't have it on the top of my mind, uh, because I haven't done it in such a long time and I know that things have been changing a little bit. But I think Facebook, this is definitely a thing that Facebook needs to, needs to make it better because like you said, you get down to creating a Facebook page, and that's that's the first decision you have to make. And you're always like, "What should I pick from?" Um, so yeah, you don't yeah. know the
2: ramifications, and there. if there's nothing that represents you directly, you don't know the ramifications. So there's like, I'm looking at the page now. There's like product <laughs> and service, or you know, website. Uh, I don't see podcast anywhere. But you you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, immediately it's it's, it's like, I don't know. And I don't know the ramifications of this decision. So I just go away.
1: Yeah, I know that you have. Uh, one of it is personality that might be good for freelancers and consultants. I think it's like a public personality or something. But yeah, yeah.
2: person, public figure, it's-,
1: it's public figure. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, they they need to they need to work on the vast majority of companies just pick I don't know, company or something like that or, I don't know, internet software, you know. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't even know what I have, uh, to be honest. But yeah, that's, that's a little bit messed up. And I, I think that Facebook is going to improve that. They need to because that's outdated. That's, how, th- that's, that's been like that for, I don't know, a few years now.
2: Mm. What I'm taking from your response is that it doesn't matter that much. So just pick something it does, and move on.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter that much. I have been... I, I don't know what I've had before I don't know what i've I have now, but I know that I have been switching it a little bit, and I haven't noticed much difference in it so just uh, what what is the diff- the difference is in uh the data that is go that Facebook is going to publish about you so currently like I cannot have rates so people cannot rate my services or anything like that because I should have i think uh, I should pick a category of local business if I wanted to do that, but I don't want to be a local business. But um, I think that's just some incremental changes about that. But I think it's not its not very important what you pick. And also, like I said, you can always switch up. So if you don't like what you have picked, switch it up.
2: Perfect. That's, that's perfect. Thanks.
0: All right. Well, I need to start wrapping up so I can get ready for the next show. I hate to do this because it's been so fun to just look at all the stuff on Facebook and compare it to what I'm doing. But yeah, let's go ahead and get to the picks. Reuven, do you want to start us off with picks? Sure thing. So I've been dealing
3: with computers in education for a long time. I did my PhD in it. And my my big claim to fame is that my advisor's advisor is the guy who created Logo, the, the programming language that many of you might remember with the turtle walking around the screen. And I've tried for years to get my kids and many other kids to get excited about programming with Logo. And you know... It's kind of showing its age or it has shown its age for maybe about 20 years already in that kids just don't get excited anymore about watching a turtle, which is not really looking like a turtle at all, walking on a screen. So my son came home from school uh, last week, I guess it was on Thursday, Friday, and he said, these people came to our school and they said, statistics show they're not going to be enough programmers in another 20 years. By the way, the next day he said to me, dad, what is statistics? Anyway... He um, so he said <laughs> so so he said that there's this new program in Israeli schools that they basically hired a startup company or they do pro- a startup company to teach them programming and I rolled my eyes I was like oh come on how can this be so basically the tasks that they are giving these kids in this program are very similar to what Logo was doing 30 or 40 years ago but it is so beautifully done and so compelling and so amazing I've never seen my son so excited about anything having to do with school. Or programming, and the combination is just like mind-blowing. Basically, it's this company called um uh, Codemonkey or playcodemonkey.com, and they have uh, they teach you programming through really small, really short little exercises. And anyone who's been like looking at logo for many years sees the similarity immediately, but the kids are actually learning to program in CoffeeScript. And what they're doing is they're teaching a monkey to – or they're telling a monkey to turn around and grab bananas. Then they have to tell the monkey to walk on top of the crocodiles, which move and get the bananas, and so on and so forth. So just today when I called home from, uh, from where I was working and I said, how are things going? He said, oh, it's amazing. I just learned that I can take the distance between the monkey and the banana and put it into a variable called X. Isn't that amazing? I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I can't, I can't <laughs> believe this is my 10-year-old like telling me what he learned, and, and he did this all on his own. I have never seen something so impressive and compelling for kids to learn programming. And if any of you have kids roughly, like my son's uh, 10 years old, kids like two years older, two years younger than that, I urge you to take a look at PlayCodeMonkey.com. It is super, super cool. That's it for this week.
0: All right. Jonathan, what are your picks? As we record, this is just
2: post-Thanksgiving in the US. And I got to tell you, we got... This stuff called sriracha ketchup or sriracha oh, that ketchup. That sounds good. Oh my God, it's so good. If you like hot stuff, it's not super hot, but I'm a huge ketchup fan. I'm like weirdly passionate about ketchup. It's so good. I love it on every, almost everything. And so we've had this giant pan of mashed potatoes in the refrigerator for, you know, since Thursday and I've just been slowly squirting sriracha ketchup into the entire bowl and and eating it, it's so good. Anyway, you can go to roosterketchup.com and on the homepage, that's exactly the one I bought and I'm telling you, it is really good. And then just just an announcement, not really a pick, but uh, if folks who are listening have been thinking about joining my coaching program at expensiveproblem.com, I am going to be raising prices probably before the end of the year. So if you've been thinking about it, you're on the fence or you want to set up a free phone call to talk about it, then just go to ExpensiveProblem.com and uh, we can get on Skype. That's it for me.
0: All right, Philip, what are your picks? I have one pick
4: uh, this week. The, uh, the road to from I just started freelancing to I have a real business is kind of rocky and painful for a lot of us. It was for me. And there's a new book that is meant to smooth that road out, make it a lot shorter than it would be on your own. Um, it's something that myself, uh, Jonathan and, and about 11, Moishka too, (laughs) about 10 other people, including us three contributed content to. So you, what you've got is about a dozen experts coming together and teaching about what they have learned from, you know, five or more years of independent, uh, consulting work. The result is the independent consulting manual. It's a new book. It's It'll be out by the time you hear this and available for purchase at independentconsultingmanual.com. So I would encourage you to check that out if you are finding any aspect of running a profitable freelance business uh, to be frustrating or uh, the learning curve is longer than you like. That's it for me. Very cool.
0: I've got a couple of picks. One of them is the freelancing remote conf, like I said. Um, in fact, today, as we were recording this, is the last day of my Black Friday sale where you could get tickets to all 12. And in fact, I threw in a 13th conference next year. Um, I'm putting on a conference every month. Yeah, you can still buy the tickets. You just can't get as good a deal if you go to allremoteconf.com. Uh, if you're particularly interested in the freelancing remote conference, you can just go to freelanceremoteconf.com. I think that's what I. Anyway. Um, or you can go to allremoteconf.com and then click on the little robot icon. That says it's for that conference. Um, I'm going to be throwing in the podcasting conference. Um, I'm not sure when I'm going to do it yet. But yeah, that's out there too. And then I'm also going to pick a game that I've kind of become addicted to on my phone. And that is Clash of Clans. It's just, you know, I pick up my phone periodically and build an army and attack stuff. And that's fun. So uh, I'm going to pick that too. Uh, Moista, what, what are your picks?
1: So I have several picks. Just a mix of everything, and I'm just going to go through them. So the first pick is a book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. So I've read several amazing books this year, but this one I think impacted me the most, uh, especially because it talks about how you can hack your life by changing bad habits into good ones or creating uh, good habits from the start. Uh, So Charles talks about the habit loop, which goes from cue to routine to reward and then cue again and so on. So he offers actually a framework for changing your habits that truly works. Uh, I've tried it. (laughs) And it's not like a woo-woo book. Uh, It's just common sense and he is putting it out there so I truly recommend it. The second pick would be a new iOS email client I have and it's called Spark. So I've been using Mailbox before and have been hooked with their archiving system. But Mailbox is just shitty for the last couple of months. And a friend actually pointed me towards Spark. And the best, new fe- the best feature is their Smart Inbox, so which um, actually filters one-on-one emails from newsletters and other mass mailings. So I don't get spammed and interrupted constantly on my mobile phone anymore. Uh, and the third pick is an easy button from Staples. <laughs> and this is a fun one. Do you know what easy button is? hmm yeah, I've actually uh, read about this in a book called Essentialism by Greg McKeown. And he described his theory how play is essential on helping us explore what's essential using play as a driver for creativity and exploration. So I bought an easy button as well. Uh, and I press it every time I get a notification on a sale from my news, uh Facebook ads manual. Oh, nice. uh, so <laughs> I wonder what my neighbors think. <laughs> uh, and a bonus pick would be my dinosaur onesie. Be- why? I mean, because it's just plain awesome and no other words I needed about Dinosaur Onesies.
0: <laughs> I have a friend that uh, every time he sold one of his courses, his phone would go, ch ching
1: ah, I want that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure how he set it up, but he did.
1: I think gu- Gum. I, th- I saw my book through Gumroad and Gumroad has some sound effects, I think, but they're not as catchy as, that was easy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you have the button with you? Let's hear it.
1: Yep. I have it right here. That
2: was easy.
0: Awesome. <laughs> All right. If if people want to uh, check out what you're up to or get your book or just feel smart because they know who you are, how do they do that?
1: Uh, I want them first to tweet out to me on twitter uh so my handle is mojcamars that's m-o-j-c-a-m-a-r-s uh and the second thing is they can visit superspicymedia.com slash freelancers show uh and i have some free worksheets for uh, them there uh some pdfs and a 50 percent discount for my book so uh that's superspicymedia.com freelancers show
0: awesome well, thank you again for coming. I've got all kinds of ideas now for the stuff that I'm working on. So,
1: Well, you know where to find me, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we'll wrap it up, and we'll catch everyone next week. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit dot com to learn more.